This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little... Or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little... Or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. When it was more invasive in the beginning of like, I want to do this. I'm going to help you out with that. I'm going to, like that to me was a little overwhelming. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with me and why, why am I feeling all these damn emotions? Why, why am I angered easily? Why am I just, I don't even know what the hell is going on with my, myself physiologically. And yet you want to just try to freaking insert all these different ideas and you want me to try to figure out what's going on and, and me come up with all the answers. I don't even know what the hell is going on. I, I don't even have an answer to my, to my own problems. Mm-hmm. Hey girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. 
We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy-to-use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Um, where we were on our way back on a mission, and we were in our um, mind-resistant vehicle, um, heading back on a late evening, um, back to another another uh, base in, in Afghanistan, and following another vehicle in front of us, and uh, somehow we ventured off, I guess, off the, the trail in front of us, and... Um, Ended up striking a an ID under uh, my side. I was was under the passenger side in my vehicle. And I just remember everything loud blast, um, just deafening. Um, just seeing vehicle parts and everything just blow up right in front of me, and and uh, just the the instant shock, um, piercing, ringing my ears. Um, hearing screaming in the in the vehicle, um, and uh, our gunner falling inside inside the vehicle, um, black soot all over the uh, the front of the windshield, and um, just seeing everything kind of just in and everything was just was just in disarray. Um, I was trying to figure everything out. I'm, I'm feeling all over my body just to see did I did I take any shrapnel? Um, was I okay? Um, I was feeling all over my head, looking at my fingers to see one did I have on my fingers. Um, was there any bleeding coming from underneath my Kevlar? No, everything seemed to be fine. I was touching and feeling around um, to see if I had any any internal damage or, or any any damage from anything that may have, you know, hit me or anything like that. Looking down at my legs, yes, they're still there. I see them. Looking down at my feet, okay, I still see them. I could, I could feel them. I'm moving them. All right, I'm fine. Now let me look around and see if everybody else is okay. Um, and I'm yelling to the back. At least I think I'm yelling loud enough that they can hear me, but I got my driver that's screaming at the top of his his lungs. Um, we're not going anywhere. He's mashing on the accelerator. I'm yelling at him to stop. Um, the gunner's down just holding his head. He's like a cockroach on his back, um, just rolling back and forth. Um yelling because uh, he's just in, in pain from uh, the, the the shock wave that hit him from the uh, IED blast. And uh, uh, Corporal Cottrell, my radio, he's tending to Ren, um, our gunner, who's down on the ground, and uh, he's, he's assessing him. And then uh, 
we're getting ready to, you know, we're trying to figure out what the heck is going to happen. And I'm trying to figure out what, all right, what are we going to do? And so I finally figure out what, what we're going to, what decision we're going to make. And so I call ahead. I have our convoy push out ahead to get out of the kill zone. The vehicles behind us, I'd have them push back behind us to get away from us to make sure that they're not within our kill radius. And then I call for a vehicle from our rear to come sweep around us uh, from the rear of the convoy. And they come up and they provide escort um, for a wrecker. And um, we have a mechanic that's with them. And they come up and they take a look at us. And then uh, so kind of fast forward, we're just uh, we're just all in shock. And um, we somehow were in, in good enough shape to get the hell up out of there. We provide security. We're doing our fives and 25s outside the vehicle, which is just we get out. The first step out of the vehicle is the scariest because you don't know what's beneath you, what's beside you. Um, it's just powdery dirt like snow. So you don't know what's safe and what's not. And um, we're just walking and trying to make sure, praying to God that you don't step on anything. And just searching all around everywhere. There's nothing around. It's dark. It's quiet. Um, there's lights in the distance. There's things moving in the distance. But you can't really see anything. And um, we get back in. We get out of there. Everything's taken care of. We get out of there and we get back to the, we finally get to the base and, um, to Eddie and, um, or no, Shigazi. And, um, our doc does an assessment, does what's called a mace exam. Um, and he does, uh, checks for our alertness, orientation, um, looks at our pupils, has us memorize some words. We go through some exams, um, go through a concussion protocol, see how we're doing as this reiterate and, and, and uh, state back the words, does some kind of, I think we had to do some math problems or something. It's just a bunch of cognitive and uh, mental tests just to see how, what our current state is in, um, see how we're doing, ask us if we passed out. If we remember passing out, um, any liquid or anything, do we find anything like that that came out of our ears? Um, you know, so we go through a series of tests and then that, after that we wait and, uh, we sleep the night off there and, uh, the next morning we wake up and we head back. And so that's, um, that's the first time that, that, uh, something like that happens that next day. I call my wife, I get back, and I'm still in shock. And I get back and we get accountability of everybody and everything and everybody on my my vehicle, we're all in shock. And by this time, some of our guys have already been hit by IEDs as well. And, um, you know, we're just another one that gets hit during the, during the, uh, the tour out there. And, um, so I get back and, 
finally get over to our, our tent when we have the ability to be able to call back home on Skype. And so I just remember getting on the computer and getting my camera, getting everything plugged in, my headset. And I get on the camera and there was no faking it. My wife knew something was wrong. I called her on Skype and she just knew. And um, I could see the well and like her eyes just welling up, getting teary eyed. She just knew something was wrong. And um, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how, how to react. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was scared to go to sleep. I was scared to, to rest. I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, like they say when you have a concussion. Um, not to sleep or try not to sleep. I tried to stay up the night before and finally fell asleep and woke up. Um, but really just didn't want to, didn't want anything to happen to me, um, while sleeping. So I just try to not get much sleep. Um, yeah, so that's what I remember. So with all of this, you're going through several tests. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you were answering honestly or was everything still a blur? Or were you afraid to answer honestly? Everything was. So answering, I, I kind of felt like if I if I answered truthfully, I'd be a detriment to my team. I would be putting them at risk by taking myself out, by answering the questions, um, and by saying that um, things did affect me. Or that that I I um, I was affected, and that that um, you know, so I I said no, I'm fine. I'm there's nothing wrong. I'm I'm okay. Um, you knew by answering that that you'd have to go back again, though. Yeah, and and I so I just I said, well, this is only the first incident, because I knew the the protocol was that if you had three times that you would go back to the main base and you would never see the road again. You'd be stuck on, on base until the end of the deployment. Why was it important to you that you still went out again? Uh, for me, because if my guys are out, then I'm out. Um, I'm never going to put them in a place or send them to a place that I'm not willing to go to. And um, I'm not going to be the one that that's going to... I just, I never wanted to have a time in any point of my career where I was going to be the one that had to deliver news to anybody's parents that says that I'm sorry. Um, it should have been me, not your son or your daughter, or um, or I should have been there with them, um, or it was my decision that I sent them out there. Um, never anything like that. Like, I wanted to make sure that, that I was there with them and that I fully trained them and prepared them for any time that they were ever out there. So as a wife, we hear that, and... We immediately, I know, I know a good amount of us for military wives and then also wives of first responders, you know, firefighter wives, police officer wives, we go into, well, what are, what about the family? Like, what about us? What about us? Do you ever care to think about what happens to us and how, how we're going to react to that? Why, why is it that you put your men first above us? That's a question I'm often asked, or I'm, that's a question that's often asked to first responders and, you know, those that have served in the military by their wives. Um, it's because the, 
while we're out there, we know that this entire time, like, like at least on the military side, like we've, we've trained for this, this big deployment that's coming up and we know we have a big, a big mission and we have however many people that we have coming that, that are going out there with us. And we want to make sure that each and every, every single person that goes out there, that every single person comes back home with us and that it's going to be, we're going to do our damnedest to make sure that they all come back and they come back safely. Um, and we're going to protect them like, you know, they were our own kids. And so as a leader, to me, it was, you know, leadership by example, it's leadership from the front and it's, you know, I'm, that's just the way that I, I, I was. And I'm sure that's the way that there's a lot of other military and first responders and, um, those are, that are, that, that are living in that capacity as well, that do the same thing. What is some, what is one important thing that us wives should know? Um, just knowing that like what we do and, and the reason why we do that or way it's not, we don't think that way and dismiss the family that we have at home. We still know that we have that family, but we also know that there's more on our shoulders as well. Aside from like, yes, we were, it's, it's just a different breed. Like we're not, we're not trained. We're not brought up to like, just take care of ourselves and that's it. And who cares? Who, who gives a crap? Leave everybody else there. If he dies, he dies. Um, but at least you get to come home. Like it's, that's not even an option. It's everybody comes home together Everybody goes out together. We all come back together. And that's just the way it is. Like we all have each other's back no matter what. Um, and we may not even know every detail like we know about our own families. But we know that we've been through some some things together that are un unimaginable. And that our family members would probably never endure together with us. But it's just a different shared bond than others have um, that can't be measured. And so it's, it's, it's because of those things that um, we ensure that like, again, it's, it's um, while we're out there doing what we do at that time, that's our family and we take care of each other like family. And when we come home, we embrace our family at home 100% as well. So it sounds like you're not necessarily dismissing the family that you actually have at home. Correct. It's just recognizing that your job, your goal is to go ahead and ensure that everybody who's left with you comes back with you. Correct. And it's not a matter of if I'm coming home for you, there's that level of confidence in your training that you will come home. It's just ensuring and protecting those around you. Correct. If is never part of the gotcha. part of the vocabulary. Okay, that makes it's a matter of when. Okay, so obviously, you know, you were also struck again. You had you were you were hit again by another IED, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there was two. I remember both calls. 
I remember feeling completely overwhelmed, feeling completely helpless, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to help you, not knowing how to console you. And right away, as a therapist, I definitely wanted to go into therapist mode. And I realized that that wasn't going to help you in any way, shape, or form. And so instead of being your therapist, I was your wife. And I expressed my fears. And I... I, I, I think we've even, we even prayed together, mm-hmm. right? We prayed together. Um, I know for me, it was so overwhelming because I didn't know, I didn't know what route to take. And there was something so badly inside of me that wanted to go into the therapist route. And just being your wife first meant so much more to me. And I, I realized that I realized that this was completely out of my control and that was the most horrible feeling in all of the world. And I realized that you weren't invincible and that any moment you could be taken away from me and the girls. That was really, really tough for me. That was a really, really tough reality. Can you move us forward with when you realized maybe something wasn't right? And that word PTSD might apply to you. I knew that there was, um, I knew that there was issues when um, a lot of this stuff compounded. So this was my second combat deployment, um, and the first being Iraq. Um, Iraq was was a, um, a culture shock too, um, just from day one, um, back in two thousand five and two thousand six. And um, being hit with like varying throughout an entire deployment, uh, varying days of of just getting hit with um, mortar rounds on our base constantly, um, which is just rocket fire on our on our base. And um, fast forward to Afghanistan, and we're getting hit by IEDs all the time. We had, I think it was twenty nine. We had twenty nine Marines and sailors with us. And 23 of us got hit at least once, some of us three times um, on deployment. Um, No casualties, luckily, and um, brought everybody back safely. Um, No DUIs, which is great. Um, Usually guys resort to drugs and alcohol. But how did you Um, know that PTSD was probably a word that maybe meant something because obviously it means something to you, but when did you know it applied to you? So I knew because of just the, it was, it was just the, the, um, like being short fused. It was, um, not knowing how to respond, like anger out of nowhere, uh, frustration, um, just like, I wanted to swing and just beat the shit out of something in the air. Um, just mad for no reason. Sad, like highs and lows, just anxiety. Like there's no more, like there's no other, um, incredibly hypervigilant. Um, like always looking at exits. Um, always looking at my surroundings, looking at everything as a threat. Um, that everything is a risk. Um, heart was always racing, had headaches, 
Mm-hmm. My eyes were always hurting. Um, and I think that was part of just the, the like concussion related, um, just like sensitivity to light and things of that nature. Um, I think that's all part of, a part of that. Um, but that's like that, um, going into public places, not wanting to be around people, uh, things that used to be interesting to me that no longer were, uh, not wanting to be around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, disassociating with a lot of with a lot of people. Uh, just wanting to stay stay private. Um, I remember when you when you and I you had just come back from Iraq when you and I and this is why I started to notice signs of PTSD. You and I had taken Aaliyah to Disneyland shortly after you had come, returned home from Iraq, and we Aaliyah was really tired. And, um, we were taking, we were going back to the hotel room and we got on that tram, you know, the, the stroller was in between us. And then I think I was carrying Aaliyah. She was knocked out and we're sitting on the tram and then the fireworks started popping off. And the minute the first firework popped off, you went from a sitting position to an automatic standing position. You're hovering over both Aaliyah and I. And you're using your body to protect us. And it was in that moment that I knew something was not right. But I wasn't a therapist back then. I had zero education with regards to PTSD. And I didn't know what to do. I knew something was off, but I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know how to bring it up. Fast forward to Afghanistan and the two IEDs, you returning home, I was better equipped. What things helped you? So as a wife, what things did I do that helped you? Because I remember initially, I wanted to put your ass in group therapy. I wanted to go ahead and assign you a therapist. I wanted to get you, you know, completely evaluated, like all of the things that I would want, that I I wanted to put in place to help you because I knew PTSD. I knew PTSD very well from working at the hospital and working with military But in addition to that, I was just seeing so many signs, hypervigilance, you know, that heightened level of awareness. I was seeing, you know, that level of frustration and I want to do all of these things for you, but I recognized that I couldn't. And by me trying to push therapy, trying to push psychiatry, trying to push group therapy, it was only pushing you further and further away from me. What did I do that helped? What did I do that got helped you or helped support you? Um, I think it's just not trying to act like you like you knew, but just being supportive and also giving me space um, and letting me kind of figure it out, but just letting me know that I wasn't on my own. Um. And that you were there for me. You were going to be there to help any way you could. Um, whether it was trying to find somebody or ensuring that I had, you know, was going to get the best treatment or that I was going to get the best, um, that uh, I was asking the right questions or that you were, or that I was getting the right, the, the right treatment, that they were asking the right questions. Um, from whoever I was seeing, if I chose to see somebody and, um, 
making me aware that I don't have to settle for whoever it is that I was seeing, uh, me not being aware of that and thinking that I had to stay with that person, that clinician. Um, and so um, not knowing that, that it was it was my right to basically fire them and find another clinician that's worth their salt um, until I found somebody that was that I was comfortable with. And, um, you know, so that was, those are some of the things that kind of helped me. I, th I think it was, it was, um, when it was more invasive in the beginning of like, I want to do this, I'm going to help you out with that. I'm gonna, like that to me was a little overwhelming. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with me and why, why am I feeling all these damn emotions? Why, why am I angered easily? Why am I just, I don't even know what the hell is going on with my, myself physiologically. And yet you want to just try to freaking insert all these different ideas and you want me to try to figure out what's going on and, and me come up with all the answers. I don't even know what the hell is going on. I, I don't even have an answer to my, to my own problems. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that was a little overwhelming. So like once you gave me space and, um, there was a couple of times that you had to remind me like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the enemy. Don't, don't, um, don't take it out on me. Like I'm, I'm not, not here. I'm not going to be your punching bag, but at the same time too, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm here to help you. I'm not, I'm not against you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm on your side. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like one of the, one of the biggest things for you that a spouse needs to know is to have this sense of understanding and compassion. Yes. Okay. Be very compassionate. Okay. And be patient in the process. Mm-hmm. The other thing we mentioned, a, a second item that we mentioned is making sure that if you do get professional help, obviously right away, ladies, we want to go ahead and sign our husbands up for therapy. We want to, you know, schedule the appointments. We want to do all the research and in reality, if they're not willing to go, we can't force them. Getting professional help is extremely important. As a therapist, I'm going to tell you that not all therapists are equipped to work with somebody who has PTSD. So making sure that they're trained in something like EMDR, you know, or something along the lines of, you know, uh, uh, where there's, where they do specialize in PTSD. And this is a question you can ask your therapist right off the bat when you're interviewing them because you are interviewing them in that first on that first call or in that first session. And I believe that that's what you're referring to is knowing that you didn't have to settle for any therapist. You know, it was important that you felt comfortable and confident with the therapist and that they understood or can relate to what you had experienced. Correct. <sighs> What others? So if we were to give them five things, we have about three more. What other things would you highly recommend for women to know to help their partners who have PTSD? Five things for their... Yeah. So we've already gone over, uh, we've already gone over two, right? What's another one? I'm sorry, we've gone over three. That supports the understanding and compassion. We've also discussed the. Um, we've also discussed that they can go ahead and get professional help. 
Was there one more or did I totally add? No, I think that's not that was um, Yeah. Those things. Um, it's, it's not, it's not anything that's going to get fixed overnight. Yeah. Um, just kind of going back to what I was saying about patience, like, you got to understand, like, this is something that it's going to, it's going to take a process. I'm, I'm sure like just for, you know, PTSD for, for, um, law enforcement or military. I mean, I'm sure it's like, it would be the same too. If you had somebody that went through trauma for, you know, rape or, um, or seen a, a, a fatal accident or something that just happened, that's, that's, you know, not normal. You know, it, it takes time to go through something that's traumatic and um, to expect it to be like like a um, like a paper cut where it's just going to get fixed with a Band-Aid overnight. It's it's not that's not that's not a realistic expectation um, and to expect that or to expect that the emotions are going to go away or that um, the behaviors are going to change overnight. It's it's a it's a false reality. So understanding, being patient, um, showing some, some compassion, some empathy, um, that's going to that's gonna help out uh, insurmountably um, just with the overall process. And, you know, hopefully that, that you'll, you'll end up, the, the relationship will end up being better in the end versus maybe where it's at right now where it's like, you know, maybe there may be some misunderstanding on that's going on right now. Maybe some miscommunication because you're trying to force something that doesn't want to be forced. Bingo. Um, that's another one. Don't force it. Don't force it. Don't force therapy. Don't force treatment. Although it is very overwhelming, frustrating, and scary. Be mindful. Be patient. I love that you just said that. I think another thing that most women need to know is that Although they might not be the one who has experienced a traumatic event, they're still in it with their partner and you might have symptoms. You might have symptoms as well. I know for you, I can tell you exactly where I was when you had called me when we had that, that Skype call. I can tell you exactly what, where I was. I can tell you, you know, um, even damn near down to the smell of, you know, my surroundings, because it was just like in that moment, it was something extremely traumatic that I had experienced, you know, with me, me on the phone with you telling, you know, you sharing with me that you were hit. And so, although, although I wasn't there, it was still something that was traumatic, maybe not obviously as traumatic as what you had experienced, but there, there was, there was some form of trauma. And that's something that women do need to know is, yeah, of course, you're not the one with PTSD, but you also may have symptoms of PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that I wanted to mention is PTSD. It is definitely something that's treatable, right? It's not something that you will have for the rest of your life. However, it is extremely important that you guys take care of yourself, both of you, you know, your partner will go ahead and go through the treatment he needs to go through, but you as well also need to either seek professional help or have that support group. So that would be my fifth one is making sure that we, you know, as a couple have a pretty strong 
support group because there are going to be people when you come back, you know, and I'm, I'm sure firefighter wives or, you know, first responders or even those that serve in the military, primarily the ones that serve in the military. How many times have you been asked, oh, did you kill anybody? Did you see anybody dead? Did somebody shoot at you? And oftentimes what people don't understand is when you're asking, you're asking a first responder, you're asking somebody, a service member, somebody in the military, these types of questions, you are also asking them to relive a traumatic situation just so you can have a freaking story to share with somebody else. Those are the, those are not the people that you want around you for support. If somebody wants a story, have them watch a freaking movie. Do not allow people to ask those questions. You are able to set those boundaries for yourself and for your partner. Because reliving an experience such as this one, a traumatic experience, does does not do the service member any justice, especially if it's with somebody that's going to use it for bragging rights. Can you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Would it piss you off when people uh, would ask you those questions? It pissed me off every single time. I wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. <sighs> right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think another thing that I would I would also share, yeah. this is with the individuals that, that may have PTSD or may, may, may be recovering from PTSD and maybe like on the other side where they're like, yes, I'm finally getting better from it. Mm-hmm. Just know that there's, there's also, there also may be times too where... This is, um, it, it may kind of go into like a hibernation state, but then there may be things that come up like an anniversary date or a smell yes, or a sound. Your senses don't go away. Mm-hmm. And there may be things that come up, a picture, something you see, a place you've gone that just, it, it, it gets you to. Like your body physiologically will start to feel that and everything that you, that you, that occurred during that time all over again. And just know that they may, that may like awaken those feelings, those thoughts. And I mean, you can still work through it and still get, get past it. Um, it may take some work again, just to, you know, you may have to go back, get some therapy, get some help and do all that stuff just to kind of help you cope and, um, you know, get your skills back and all that stuff and helping you get through your days. But just know that it's not, it's not something that just goes away and has gone, for, gone away forever. If you could talk to the Marine, the, um, the man, I don't want to just say men because I know women are, are also service members. But if you could talk to the Marine, mm-hmm. the person that's serving the Army, the person that's serving the Navy, the Coast Guard. The person who's who's currently in war, we're not in war, but in Iraq or in any of those countries, or even the firefighter, the police officer who deals with day-to-day struggles, right? And day-to-day life-threatening events. If you could talk to that person right now, what would you say to them about PTSD? Um, you're stronger than you think you are. You can get through this. Um, you can get past all the, uh, everything that you've endured, what you've experienced. Um, sure. It was a lot. 
but it's not the end. And, um, you know, you can get, you can get the treatment, you can get the help that you need. You got the support. Um, you know, and there's plenty of, there's plenty of resources that are out there to help you. And, uh, you know, you could come out, um, on the other side, you know, and, and whether it's picking up a phone, calling a friend, um, taking a trip or, or, or going to go see a professional, um, you know, just making a choice to, to, to get past this and to, to seek help. Um, you have that ability to, to get past this and just know that, that, you know, you have that ability and that this isn't, uh, this isn't the end. And, and I know that a lot of times that with things like PTSD where people that have struggled with it, especially severe PTSD, um, that sometimes it, 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 it may take a turn for the worst. Um, you know, and there's, there's things like the suicide prevention, um, hotline, um, where, you know, you can call that number. Um, there's resources that are out there for that, uh, where you could talk to professionals and, you know, if there's somebody that you just want that want to listen to, or just have them listen to you, um, to help you get through some of these things. Um, cause there are some professional or some, some, uh, service members that have just gone through some things and some, um, first responders that have gone, gone through some things that are just, you know, it's, it's not normal. It's unimaginable. Yeah. And so it's like to think that you're just going to bounce back from something like that overnight is, is, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. It's going to take time. It's going to take time for you. It's going to take time for, for others to, to realize that. And, um, you know, but I would just say that, you know, be patient with it all and, and just know that, uh, you got help, you have resources, you have the ability to be able to get through this. We've lost a couple, um, service members, a couple of Marines, right? Yeah. From suicide. Yeah. And we have a couple friends, we won't obviously mention their names, that have also contemplated suicide. They're very, very close, near and dear to us. People that you've gone to both mm -hmm. Iraq and Afghanistan with. Yeah. I think that's, well, I don't think, I know that's exactly why I asked you to give that message. Ladies, if you notice your husband is easily startled, startled overly alert, you notice that he is depressed. He's not engaging in hobbies. You notice that he's easily frustrated, has this low energy memory loss, a complete lack of focus sometimes. Um, you might notice that he might have complete difficulty with um, going to public places, right? Making decisions, um, avoiding family gatherings. You might notice that, again, he's easily triggered, easily frustrated. These are signs and symptoms of PTSD. And this is something you can help support your partner through. I'm going to go ahead and read from the DSM. Now, I'm not going to read all of it. And I want to be very clear. I'm not going to read all of, you know, the, um, the criteria for PTSD. And the reason why I'm not going to read all of it is because any of us can be diagnosed with certain diagnoses. And if it's not being given by a trained professional, if you are not given that diagnosis by a trained professional, then that diagnosis does not exist for you. 
However, I'm going to read a couple signs and I'm not going to go all the way through because I don't want anybody to be misdiagnosed. However, I also want to make sure I provide you this information for educational purposes. So for PTSD, which is also known as post-traumatic stress disorder, here are some criteria. This is not all criteria. Exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury, or sexual violence. Presence of the following. Intrusion intrusion symptoms associated with the traumatic event beginning after the traumatic event occurred. There's other criteria listed that I'm not going to go into. Again, I'm just giving you a summary. Persistent avoidance of stimuli associated with the traumatic event beginning after the traumatic event occurred as evidenced by, and it gives criteria, negative alterations in cognitions and mood associated with the traumatic event beginning or worsening after the traumatic event occurred as evidenced by, and it also gives criteria, Marked alterations in arousal and reactivity associated with the traumatic event beginning or worsening after the traumatic event occurred. And then it goes into duration of the disturbance. Um, And then it goes into so much more criteria. The reason why I gave you all of those is because, again, I want you to know if your husband, your partner is struggling with some of these symptoms, then it's time to seek professional help. Willie earlier had mentioned suicide prevention hotline. Believe it or not, somebody who's struggling with PTSD, they tend to believe that they are a burden because there's so much that has changed. There's e- they're easily frustrated. They're easily overwhelmed. They're extremely hypervigilant. And the change is noticeable by their partners and by their friends. People tend to ask, what's wrong with you versus what has happened to you? And so the service member might feel like the family might be better off without them because of the nightmares, which also go into night terrors. Your partner might wake up in the middle of the night and not know where they're at. They might get flashbacks. Again, the service member believing that something's wrong with them. There is nothing that's wrong with them. They need professional help. If you feel like your partner is struggling with suicidal thoughts, it is extremely important that you ask them, are you suicidal? If they are, they will tell you. The suicide prevention hotline number is 1-800-273-TALK. That is 1-800-273-8255. If your husband's listening to this, And I'm speaking to you directly. I understand that what took place was very overwhelming for you. And it's hard to admit that you might have been scared. And you do your best to go ahead and brush it under the rug and pretend like it doesn't bother you. And for some reason, in the middle of the night, that picture, that memory pops up. And it's very difficult for you to go ahead and distract yourself or try to try to come up with some other image. You might battle with that. You might find yourself yelling at your kids more. You might find yourself yelling at your wife. I recognize that you do not mean to be this person that's angry all the time. But if we were to look at it 
that anger is actually sadness or fear. And this is something that you don't do alone. As a therapist, we are here to help you. We are here to walk you through it. We are not here to ask for stories. We're here to help you process through this past pain so that you can live your life, so that you can reconnect with your loved ones. If you are listening right now, I want you to know that you are not alone. There are other people that struggle with this, hence the reason why Willie and I are on, decided to record this podcast, especially with Veterans Day coming up. I thank you for your service and I appreciate your sacrifices. It is time for you to put yourself first. And I know that's something completely foreign. But if you do not put yourself first, your mental health first, then your family will suffer from it. And I know that's not your intention. The minute you seek help, things get better and your symptoms of PTSD will start to subside. Babe, do you want to add anything else? No, I just say that, um, you know, with Veterans Day coming up, I just want to say that to all the veterans out there, uh, thank you for your service. Um, thank you for this, for the service that you've provided for this country. And um, for all the law enforcement officers, for all the first responders, you know, those, those wearing a uniform, scrubs, or what have you, thank you for your continued service on a daily basis and, you know, doing the things that at these, these times and these days sometimes seem thankless. And from the bottom of my heart, um, I thank you for all you do and will continue to thank you for, for all that. All right, you guys, I hope you stay safe. And again, if you need help, you can access help by going to psychologytoday.com. You can access a therapist on there. If you are in California, you can go to outsidethenormcounseling.com. And that is my practice. We will then assign you with a therapist that will meet your needs and we'll help guide you through this process. Again, we are praying for you guys. Bye for now. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder 
while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.